Scripture lesson is taken from Malachi chapter 2 verse 17 to chapter 3 verse 5. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied Him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord and He is pleased with them. Or, where is the God of justice? I'll send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will come, will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I'll be quick to testify against uh, sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. Let's now invite our pastor, Pastor Lenita, to preach. The title is The Refining Love of God. Thank you very much, Reverend Ting. Earlier on, Reverend Ting reminded us that this is the Advent season. Now, those of us who were here last week, we saw the candle lighting. And um, Advent is a season of four Sundays before Christmas. And every Sunday, there is a different theme. Last week was uh, hope. Today is love. Then next week, we have joy and peace. Now, Advent is a season we normally um, observe uh, as a time before Christmas. We don't want to, you know, just go through our normal days and then suddenly it's Christmas Day. And so this is a way of preparing us as we celebrate Christmas. But Advent has a different meaning as well, or has another deeper meaning. And that meaning is that we also look forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so, in fact, actually, all of our lives as long as we're here on earth as long as uh, before Jesus comes back we are all in the season of Advent because we're all waiting for His second coming and so today as we look at the theme of love I want to take the passage from Malachi as uh, Reverend Ting has read for us and then to look at the refining love of God Earlier on this morning during the Chinese service, because the children comes uh, in uh, and join us for worship service, and I said Christmas is coming, and we're all very familiar with the, the popular song that Santa Claus is coming to town, and that then the phrase goes, or the song goes, you better be good, you better be nice, then only you will get your presence. And so very often, uh, parental love, love of friends, love of people around us is conditional. You love only if you love the person, only if the person behaves. Or the other way around of looking at it is that what I want 
you must give me. Then that is love. What I want, you don't give me. That is not love. And so very often because we're, we're all here living in the world, our mind and our hearts are also conditioned like that. And so when what I want and God doesn't give it to me, or when God seems far away, I question God's love for me. And so this morning, as I said, as we turn to the book of Malachi, to look again at God's refining love for us, let's turn to Him in prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, loving Father, we are thankful to you that we are your children. We're thankful to you that today we can be here in this century and at this hour, setting aside this time to just be in your presence, to praise you, to worship you, to adore you. And then also to spend time reading your word and listening to your word being preached to us. And especially today, we will be celebrating the Eucharist, a meal that reminds us again and again, God, of your love for us. And so we commit this time to you, Father. Speak to us. Minister to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Malachi is a minor prophet, and um, he served during the time of post-exile. Now, uh, last week, uh, our brother James uh, uh, shared with us from Jeremiah that it was before the exile, at the point of exile, when things looked so bleak, God's message to the people was through Jeremiah. Now, when, then they went into exile and they came back. And then the rebuilding of the temple walls, rebuilding of the temple, now all that can be found in Ezra and Nehemiah and some other prophets. Malachi is about 100 years after the people came back from exile. Do you know how long has the Methodist Church been in Sarawak? It's also more than 100 years. Now, those of us who know the history of the Methodist Church, the uh, pioneers came from China to a land full of jungle and diseases and mosquitoes and so on, and they tried very hard to build a, a, a church. And then in the early years of struggle, through the war years, through the years of missionary presence and the missionary left, we're thankful to the early leaders of the Methodist Church here in Sarawak, building up the church to where we are today. We're more than 100 years old. And so in many ways, we're similar to the people of Israel at that time when Malachi spoke to them. We are complacent. We are satisfied and contented. We don't need to fight so hard. There's very, we don't need to fight against the jungle and the diseases, although there are diseases and jungle. But we don't need to work so hard in such hard situation. And so in many ways, we are like the people that uh, Malachi spoke to. And so, uh, if you look at this picture, there was corruption, there was injustice, and then, uh, in fact, if you look at the text, even the Levites were very slack. Anything can do, la. you want do, la. the one also can. La. Whatever animals you have, just bring. La. Forgetting all about God's law and requirement. And if you go back and read the book of Malachi, 
It's only four chapters. And it's a very interesting book in the sense that it's like a conversation that God had with the people. God says something and then they answer back. God says something else, they answer back. And so in Malachi chapter 1 verse 2, God says, I have loved you. And then if you read on, the people say, how have you loved us? And then in chapter 2, God says, you have robbed me. How have we robbed you? And just now, chapter 3, or rather chapter, at the end of chapter 2, the people complain. Uh, the people, uh, God say, you said, I have wearied you. And they say, where God? You know, and so it's like a conversation. So the first point today I want to emphasize and that we all know, but sometimes we forget that we are loved. Friends, no doubt about it, we are loved. Years ago, I was at a retreat called a Breakthrough Retreat with a group of ladies. And then I said, okay, take out a piece of paper and take out a pen. Write down 10 names of people you love. And these people must be living, you know, not somebody who has passed on. And it cannot be God or Jesus, exclude those. Name some real people, 10 persons, whom you love. Can you all do that? First one, 10. Second one, third one. All right, quite easy, isn't it? All right, usually our parents, our spouses, our children, our brothers, our sisters, and maybe our BFF, our best friend. All right, and so 10 persons, not an issue. Now turn the table around. Name five persons whom you know to love you. Again, not God, not Jesus. All right, somebody living. Five persons that you're very sure that they love you. And if I go and ask that person, do you love that person? Your answer should be yes. And you're sure of that. Can you name five persons? Again, not an issue, right? A bit. Sometimes we may doubt, okay? We may doubt if the person really loves us. But I think to name five persons, again, probably the same group of people. Now, the next question. Okay, we all seen pictures like this, right? American president is very unique, okay? Uh, whoever is in office have a team of secret service uh, people surrounding the president. And wherever the president go, even when the president is in the car, these people are supposed to run beside the car protecting the president. One of the critical requirements of the Secret Service who protects the President, you know what is it? Is to be willing to take a bullet for the President. If somebody is to shoot the President, the Secret Service is supposed to defend the President with your own body, willing to take that bullet. Of the five persons whom you say love you, will that those person be willing to take the bullet for you? Are you sure of that? Ah, now things are a bit different, isn't it? Or, or if we talk about you know uh, uh, our health requirement. Would any of those five persons be willing to give you one kidney? Should you need a kidney? Not so sure. Alright, but you know what friends? There's one person who has already taken the bullet for us. 
the five persons, you may not be sure if that person will take the, the people will take the bullet for us, but I can guarantee you there's one person who has already taken the bullet for us. And especially today, as we come forward for Holy Communion, we are reminded of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has taken the bullet for us. And so, Paul wrote in the book of Romans, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, God died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, except if it's your duty, like the secret service. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, God died. Christ died for us. And so if we ever, ever doubt God's love, which we do sometimes, in times of struggles and difficulties, or oh, Satan loves to play with us, putting seeds of doubt into our minds and hearts. See, 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 you're not so good. God doesn't love you. I want you to be sure to affirm, and especially in this season of Advent, as we talk about the theme of love, there is no doubt that God loves us. And so what I'd like to invite all of you to do later when you come forward for the uh, Holy Communion, before you put out your hands to receive the bread and the cup, do this. I know. God loves me. Tell yourself. And if ever we come across doubts that Satan plants in our hearts and minds, tell yourself, and tell Satan, no way, God loves me, I know it. Recently, during the annual conference, um, I met a missionary couple who had just come back from a, a, a mission field. And we were just chatting, and then the wife said, uh, Pastor Lenita, I'm very thankful that you said something to me before I went onto the mission field. And I said, I forgot what? What did I tell you? And she said, you told me that on the mission field, sometimes you will meet people who are not so lovable. And that had kept me going. And so we had a good laugh and I said, well, I've forgotten that. But yeah, on the mission field, there are people who are not so lovely, not so lovable. Now, they've been back in uh, Sarawak for a few years and the husband is uh, serving in the church as a pastor. And so I turned around and asked the pastor, I said, what about you in your church now? Is everyone lovable? And he had a good laugh. And even in the church, isn't it? There are people who are not lovable and maybe that person is us. Right? We're not so lovable, we're not so lovely. And so people may question us and may not really love us. But friends, without a doubt, God loves you. There is this doctrine in the Bible called election. Not the, not the GE15 election, alright? This election is a very different election. Election is God's choice of individuals to receive His favour before they have done anything good or bad. It is not a choice. 
that is based on certain deeds or choices that we make, but it is based solely on God's sovereign grace. You have been elected by God to be loved by Him. That's the doctrine of election. No reason, no, 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 no uh, requirement, no conditions. We were sinners. We were not even born. We don't even know Him. He has already loved us. Christ has already died for us. And so in Malachi chapter 1, I mentioned that the people, that God says, I have loved you. And then the people said, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. Now the word hate is a strong word. What it meant is that God had rejected Esau, but God had chosen Jacob. Why? Those of us who remember the story, was Jacob a good baby in the, in the mother's womb? He wasn't even a good baby. And yet God chose him to love him. Was he a good man? No. But God chose him. And so if there's ever any doubt in our minds and in our hearts, as we think that maybe nobody loves us, I want to tell you and affirm for you, God loves you. And so as you pause to think, what events in your life have shown to you that God loves you? If you can't think of anything, I can think of one. The fact that you are here. The fact that you heard the gospel, the fact that you responded to the gospel, the fact that you are God's child. If there's nothing else that you can think of, think of your salvation. Think of the fact that Jesus died for you and when you come forward, before you receive the bread and the cup, God loves me. Can we do that? And then... God's love is a refining kind of love. And it's very clear in this passage that we read. God says, I will send a messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. And then verse 2, who can endure the day of his coming? And verse 3, he will sit as a refiner. He will, or he will be like a refine. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. Verse two, the last sentence says, he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. In some version, he will be like the bleach, the fire and the bleach and the soap is all meant to remove impurities. And so you go on to the next part of the passage. It says that the Lord will then have men who bring offering in righteousness because even the Levites were slack. Even the Levites were complacent, were not serious about the worship. And so my concern for all of us, even as the Methodist Church as a whole and FMC in particular, we're very contented, we're very blessed. 
But my prayer is that that contentment will not become complacency. They were still serious about our worship. They were still serious about our faith. We don't want to be like what the um, Israelites say to God. Hi, yeah, you are. Uh. See what they said? God says, uh, or, or, or the people said, oh, you have wearied the Lord with your words. And so they said, how have we wearied him? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord and he is pleased with them. Where are you, God? I'm so tired. I'm so sad. Is that us? And if it is, we then need to relook and rethink about our faith. I did a bit of reading up about gold mining. And so I've, what I found out is that, well, you all, some of us may have seen a picture like that. This is an ore that you have streaks of gold in it. Okay? And there are many ways to mine the gold. Now, apparently for low-grade gold, what they do is to put an ore like that into chemical that will dissolve the other particulars and then what you have left are the gold um, nuggets or gold pieces. That's low-grade gold. What about high-grade and high-quality gold? You have to do this. Fire. Refining fire to burn away all the impurities. Now, all of us know, right, what's the, boiling, what's the temperature of boiling water? 100 degrees. What's the temperature of this? 200, 300. 1,000. 1,000 degrees Celsius. How hot is that? And so when we think about the refiner's fire, that's what it's supposed to do. A Greek scholar says, that in ancient goldsmith, when they put the crude gold uh, into a crucible to burn, burn until the goldsmith, the reflection of the goldsmith's face can be seen in that gold. Then the goldsmith will know that it is pure. It's a very beautiful analogy that we are purified until the point that the Father's reflection can be seen in us. Isn't that a beautiful thing? We are not low-grade gold, you know. We are high-grade gold, precious in His sight. And so when the Father refines us through difficult times, through suffering, through long journeys, Remember that He is refining you. He loves you. I think in Malaysia, at least we don't see that many, but uh, in Manila, in Cambodia, in the city, you see a lot of street kids, homeless kids. They can do anything they want. Nobody will discipline them because they don't have refining love in their lives. And so for you and me, we're not strict kids. We're not illegitimate children. We have a father who loves us, who wants to refine us. 
Remember Job, how he suffered. Poor thing, right? I, I, I pray that none of us will go through what he had to go through. It's really, really tough. But Job, after all his suffering in chapter 23, he says, but if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. How sad. Wherever I go, wherever I turn, I don't see God. But let's read verse 10 together. But... I will come forth as gold. He knows me. And even when I don't see him, I turn around, look everywhere, I don't see him. He is there. And he will help me come through as gold. The psalmist in Psalm 139 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God knows what is in our hearts. God knows there are impurities in our lives. And if He loves you, which He does, He will want you to come through as precious gold. The question is, will you welcome His refining fire? It is hard. Sometimes it is 1,000 degrees. That's too much. But know that you will come through as precious gold. Proverbs 17, verse 3, The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. And so, friends, God's love is a refining love. And so we welcome that. What's in the pot? Eggs. Before you cook the eggs, what's the nature of eggs? Fragile. Right? You hold it too tight, it'll break. You drop it, it'll break. But after boiling, what's the nature of the egg? Can I squeeze it? Yes, Timothy. If I squeeze the egg, will it break? Or if I drop it, will it break? Hard. Timothy say hard. Isn't it true? After going through the hot water, it becomes hard. What about this? Sorry, what about this? Can you see what's inside? Orange colour. Carrots. What's the nature of carrot before cooking? Hard. After cooking, soft. Two different things, both going through hot water. The outcome is different. Who are the eggs here? And who are the carrots? Maybe I should say who is like egg. Not, you're not an egg, okay? Who is like the egg? Any hands? After going through hot water, you become hard. Okay. Who is like the carrot? After going through hot water, we become soft. Very few hands. The rest of you? 
Maybe you're the third thing. What is this? What is that? Coffee. Coffee before going through hot water. No taste, no smell, no nothing. After you let it go through hot water, after you pour, the hotter the water, the better it is, isn't it? What do you get after you let it go through hot water? The coffee addicts here. <laughs> we need that in the morning. Just the wind of the smell of coffee. And then you have the whole house filled with coffee smell. How many of you want to be coffee? Do you want that? Going through hot water. I come through with such a beautiful fragrance for the Lord. God's refining love. And so my prayer is that for all of us, we're not eggs, we're not carrots, but we'll be like the coffee. That after going through difficult times, and sometimes a very, very difficult, we support one another as we journey through life. It can be long and chronic illnesses. It can be a very long rehabilitation. It can be taking care of elderly parents. It can be taking care of people with special needs, difficult children. It can be our own health. It can be our own finances. It can be our career. It's not easy. But my dear friends, God's refining love will bring us through. Last week during the Chinese service, Reverend Ting, those of you who understand Chinese, I want to encourage you to go back and uh, look at the a video of his sermon, listen to his sermon. He preached about hope. And then he said that nights can be very, very long. Especially if you can't sleep. Nights can be very, very long and very, very difficult to get through. But you know what? What's the certain, the very, very certain thing? Morning will come. Nights can be long. Morning will surely come. And so for those of us who are going through long nights, those of us who are going through the hot, refining fire right now, know that your Father loves you and you will come through like precious gold. And so as you come out for Holy Communion, as you said, God loves me, I know it. Then you can say, Jesus, if you're refining me now, help me to go through. Or, when you refine me, I know I will go through it. I know you love me. Let us pray. Father, we want to give thanks to you for your reassurance of your love for us. We may not be lovely or lovable. We may have many, many struggles and challenges in our lives. Yet God, we thank you for loving us first. 
we also thank you that you love us enough to remove all the impurities that you see in our lives that you want to refine us you want to mold us to be fragrance that can influence the people around us and that can bring glory to your name and so help us Lord in Jesus name I pray Amen